the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Hello, friends. Mike Lee here, Director of Local Ministries at True Talk 800, 104.1 The Fish, 93.1 El Rey, The New Talk 1640, and 93.9 KPDQ, which is proud to invite you to join us for Sandy Patty's Farewell Tour, Forever Grateful. It'll be held at East Hill Church in Gresham on Saturday, February 11th. A limited number of VIP tickets is available, including early entry, backstage meet and greet, and a private photo op with Sandy herself. It'll be a very special evening, and Sandy Patty's final tour will also feature a special guest appearance by Veritas. Details are online at kpdq.com. I want to also tell you about Church of the Week. Keep listening to our stations for exciting news about having our team visit your church or ministry with fun and with goodies in appreciation of what you do for the community. Finally, I want to help you expand the effectiveness and branding of your outreach or ministry or business by combining traditional advertising with new media like mobile, social media, internet, and more. And if you want the details, let's get together, won't we? My email address is mikelee at kpdq.com. Mike Lee at kpdq.com with an old friend in the studio today. She is the president, the daughter of Don Klein, and the host of the Voice of First Nation Ministries, who are Christians who care about First Americans and are doing something about it. Heard right here on True Talk 800 weeknights at 6, also on 93.9 KPDQ, 1 p.m. weekdays, 7.15 a.m. Saturdays, and 7 p.m. on Sundays. So welcome, Deborah Klein. How are you today? I'm well. Thank you for having me on, Mike. Always good to have you and the First Nation Ministries family in the house. And people are very familiar with your dad, Don Klein. And how has it been, now that we're a bit past the transition period of you taking the reins of the ministry? Um, it's still frightening to me. Because <laughs> I, I never expected to be in this situation, not prepared for it, not trained for it. And so I just always am aware that it is the Lord's ministry, and he, he's using me. I don't know, understand how or why, but he seems to be. But well, the ministry is his. So give us the big picture from 30,000 feet. What exactly is First Nation Ministries, and what are your focuses, and what are your needs at this time? Well, a ministry that was started by my dad, he started by taking apples that he got from the growers uh, here in Oregon and in Washington. He started taking them out to the, the reservations and using it as a tool to open a door to tell them about Jesus. And it just grew from there to where uh, we take clothing, household goods, anything that you need to live your life, they need to live their life also. And uh, so that's what we do. And, and the, the main goal is to be able to tell them about Jesus. So did you have any ties to the Native Americans 
prior to your dad's ministry launch? And any relatives, friends, coworkers? Well, my my great grandfather owned a hotel and cafe up in the Dalles, and my grandma told me that he always, there were Indian children around there, and he always told her to be kind to the Indian kids. And for that day and time, that wasn't. That was a lot less common, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes. They were very much looked down upon. And so the fact that he had a heart for his children to be kind to them, you know, I don't understand it all, but there has to be part of God's plan there because she passed that on then to my father and my father to me. Well, compared to what we see in modern society, that's often against the grain, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. We are easily suspicious of those who are different from us. Yes. But those seeds were planted very early on in the Klein family. Yes, yes. So tell us about growing up Klein. Do you have any memories of serving from your youth? No, Um, I was a preacher's kid and not really pleased to be a preacher's kid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then he was called to this Indian ministry when I was in high school. And I knew about it, but I wasn't involved. I was busy doing my own thing. And then when I was in my 20s, right around 30, uh, I started helping out. The office was then in the basement of my parents' home. And I started helping out, just boxing up clothes and, you know, doing book work and things like that. And then married, had children, so I was away from it again. And then uh, I ended up going to work for my dad when he was out in Troutdale. And I started by cleaning the potties and sweeping and vacuuming and packing groceries just just to help out, you know, and then ended up in the office. And I don't know, it, you know, my dad was right. He said, if you get involved in this ministry, it'll put a hook in you where you can't get away from it. And that's that's really true. You just learn to love these Indian people and you feel so badly for what they have experienced. So how was it growing up as a pastor's kid? We we know a lot of PKs, <laughs> preacher kids, missionary kids, and not all their experiences start off the most positive, but a lot of the time they've got wonderful testimonies later on in life. Well, I, I didn't like it. I grew up in a very legalistic, a small legalistic church where it, it seemed like if it was fun, it was a sin. It was squelched. And then being a preacher's kid, of course, you were right in the headlights of everyone. And so then you had pressure put on you to, you know, behave because your dad's the pastor. And I I don't know, it was, I didn't enjoy it. But looking back, I can see what a wonderful foundation it gave me. I don't agree with everything I was taught growing up, but what a wonderful foundation in Jesus Christ that it gave me. So, raising your own family, did you have any common threads when it came to having kids not exactly go 100% on board with mom and dad? (laughs) Well, I have learned, and, and this is the most wonderful thing that I guess I'm learning in my old age, is that, you know, the battle belongs to the Lord. I, can, I am free to love my children. It doesn't mean that I condone everything they do, but I know that that's God's problem. That's the, that's the job of the Holy Spirit to convict them. Uh, I taught them what I believed was right, 
And now I can just love them because I believe that they are right in God's sights. It's really liberating to hear that. So thank you, Deborah Klein, president of the Voice of First Nation Ministries. So now that you've been on the air for quite some time, is it still a thrill or can you do it in your sleep? Is it still a bit of a rush? It's never been a thrill for me um, because I feel so inadequate at doing it. And, And so... You know, a lot of times Marv is with me on the program, and he will tell you, I just I just approach it with a knot in my stomach. But then I just have to remind myself, this ministry belongs to the Lord. It isn't up to me to make it go. And if you look at my life now, I'm home Monday through Thursday taking care of Dad. That makes it very hard to uh, do the mission work. And and sometimes I fuss and say, God, you know, Dad's not happy. I'm not happy. <laughs> Why don't you release him and me? And, you know, but it, it all comes back to me thinking I need to do it in my own strength. And he's always reminding him that that ministry is his. And it isn't going because of my talent or because of my hard work. It is going because he is blessing it hmm. and because I am being obedient to the best of my ability to what he asked me to do. Which is all anyone can do when it comes down to it. It's difficult for us to let go of the reins a little. It is. And know that God loves us and he's got our wildest dreams and gravest concerns in mind. And yet still, we can trust him. Yes. But man, that's tough to let go of sometimes. Well, it is because we're just arrogant enough to think that it depends on us. And it really depends on him. Not that we can be lazy. I mean, we need to do our share of the work. But the blessing comes from him. So we've got a couple of minutes to float by here. So could you give us a heads up on your wonderful dad, the man who who bellowed, hello there, neighbor, for (laughs) for all these years, and how he's doing today? He is very frail, and his mind uh, is is not in a good place. I mean, it, it isn't working correctly. And once in a while, he knows it. And, and it makes me feel so bad for him because he'll just say, you know, I've lost my mind. And, you know, I, I, I'm, week after next, I'm going to be talking on our program about just some musings, just some things that have been going through my mind at this beginning of a new year and, and the fact that I'm older than I've ever been. Uh, there's a freeing thing about getting older because things that were important to you when you were young, they aren't so important anymore. And when you think about looks, you know, looks at one time were so important, but they go. Uh, your physical ability, you used to be strong, you, could, you thought you were invincible, it goes. And finally, even the ability of your mind to work well goes. It's like it's hard to hold on to thoughts. You have to write stuff down or it's gone. But it leaves you with God. He's always there. And... And you can just soak him in. Some great words of wisdom from Deborah Klein. My dear friend James Blind is across the glass. Welcome back Nation to Difference Makers. She also Talk hosts eight. her dad's old True program, Talk 800, the Voice of Deborah First Deborah Nation, the president of Christians Who Care About First Nation Ministries. She also hosts the program, True Talk 800, the Voice of First Nation Ministries. And also on our sister station, 93.9 p.m. weeknights and on our sister station, 93.9 Saturdays at 7.15 in the morning and Sundays at 7 Saturday morning at 7.15. If you'd like information on how you can donate to First Nation Ministries to help to serve 
Ministries these First and help American Christians families. Who care about First you Americans. Give them a call at 503 
we praise that God would miraculously do what God can do yeah. and heal and fully restore our parents to, to their previous state. But I think that ultimately he knows what he's doing yes. and he allows what he allows for a reason. And yes. li- I, I love what you said. Maybe we're not ready quite yet. Mm-hmm. And there are lessons we still need to learn. So can you give us an idea, Deborah Klein, of, of what your average week looks like? Not so much in a sense of sympathy, but of reality, because there are so many of us in this sandwich generation thinking, okay, we're finally getting kids old enough to move on and do their own thing, and then our parents decline, and we have to deal with that. Yes. Well, I'm home Monday through Thursday taking care of my dad. Um, A dear friend of mine that I've had for, oh, 40 years or so, moved in with me. And what a relief. She works in the school district, so summertime she's home, and that frees me to go to the office every day. And I want to encourage everybody that goes to work not to complain because work is a blessing. It is a blessing to be able to get up and go to work every day. And so it's I struggle with staying home because it's isolating. You're alone. You're with somebody that you can't really carry on a conversation with. Um, And it's tedious. There's a lot of days when it's just tedious, you know. And so there again, I'm learning patience, which, by the way, isn't a request. It's a requirement for us as Christians to be patient. And so there's lessons that, you know. And then Fridays I get to go in. We make broadcasts, Marvin and I do, and I try to catch up on the work. And uh, Saturday my friend is home if I need to go to the store, whatever I can. Sunday, I'm free to go to church. I serve at two different churches and morning and night. So, you know, I can't complain. I can't complain, really. There are people that have it so much worse than I do and so much worse than my dad that we are blessed, really. Do you ever think maybe in their older states of life that our elderly loved ones maybe perceive things differently. Uh, I've heard, for instance, from from friends of ours who have special needs children, that you can never experience the love that they have because of the child's special needs. Mm -hmm. So do you think maybe when our loved ones get on in age and on the outside seem to slip, that there's, there's something else there that perhaps we can't comprehend or perceive, but it's somehow a special gift from God? I absolutely think that's a possibility. I have to confess, I don't understand this. I don't understand why God keeps my dad here when it seems like, you know, his work is finished. But then again, I don't believe we die one day before God is finished using us in some way. Nothing's wasted. Nothing is wasted. And so... uh Uh, Surely there are things going on. He prays at night. I don't know what he's praying for. He could be praying for his children, his grandchildren, you know, important stuff that I know nothing about. So it's difficult, but God is with us through these seasons. He is. So I'm very thankful that you've got such a dear friend to move in with you and help you get some, well, free time to yourself. Yes is an absolute necessity. So in our next 
four odd minutes or so. Do you have any good words of advice to those who are looking after needy loved ones? Any suggestions? I, like I, what? what's essential to you? Just getting close to the Lord. You know, the work I can do, the work of keeping him clean, keeping him dressed, keeping him fed, um, that's not the hard part. The hard part is, I think, the isolation. And I, I think how many people are caring for sick family or aged family, the isolation is, is the worst part, at least for me. And and so you just, like Carrie Ten Boom, Corey Ten Boom said, you know, don't wrestle, just nestle, just get close to the Lord. And uh, he will teach you things. He will bring you unexpected joy in your circumstances, and he will bring you through. He will bring you through. We're speaking with Deborah Klein, the president of First Nation Ministries. And you know what this brings to mind, Deborah? There sure are a lot of people out there wanting to make a difference, but not knowing how. Mm-hmm. I dealt with a lot of youth group type kids over the years, and maybe they have their hearts in the right place, but their aspirations are to be a famous Christian musician or mm-hmm. athlete <laughs> or singer or a, a youth group pastor or a worship leader. And none of these are necessarily bad things. Okay. But let me encourage you listeners to think beyond the box. Sure, if God calls you to to minister in Africa, good for you. Go for it with all your might. But, but meanwhile, is there a single mom across the street or a widow next door that could use a meal or a cup of tea or just encouragement mm-hmm. or maybe someone like Deborah Klein here caring for her dad pretty much on a full-time basis that could maybe use company or a burger or a trip to the store or just company. Um, we talk about how isolated young mothers can get mm-hmm. and how desperate they are to get out of the house and talk with someone over the age of nine months or nine years. How much worse must it be at times for adults that are caring for their elderly loved ones? So just just a thought. If God puts that on your heart, why don't you make that phone call or ring that doorbell, mm-hmm. drop by with your company and smile and a meal, mm-hmm. maybe just watch somebody for an hour and let somebody go to the store. I don't know. Because I'll tell you, Mike, how that works. You start off doing the little things, and God will bring bigger and bigger things across your path. You start off cleaning the bathrooms and sweeping the floors, and you can end up in the executive office. That's how God works. If you have a servant's heart, just willing to do anything that he brings across your path, and if he can trust you in the little things, he'll be able to trust you with the big things. Deborah Klein is the president and host of the Voice of First Nation Ministries. Listen on True Talk 800 weeknights at 6 and also on our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ, weekdays at 1 p.m., Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday nights at 7. And as for how you can help, why don't you give Deborah and the good people of First Nation Ministries a call at 503-253-7123. That's 503-253-7123. You could find out more about the ministry, and you could even donate financially through PayPal by going to the website, firstnationministries.org. That's firstnationministries.org. When we return, more with Deborah Klein of The Voice of First Nation Ministries next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers. Hello there, neighbor. Mike Lee here with Deborah Klein. She is the voice of the Voice of First Nation Ministries and also the daughter of 
Don Klein. They are Christians who care about first Americans. Heard right here on True Talk 800, 6 p.m. weeknights, and our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ, weekdays at 1 p.m., Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday nights at 7. And because First Nation Ministries is registered as a church, your donations are tax deductible. You can find details by giving Deborah a call at 503-253-7123. That's 503-253-7123. And I read an interesting article lately, Deborah. It was an editorial, and it may or may not be true. So as someone running a ministry, I want to ask you directly. The article implied that if you're giving cans of food to a food bank, you are hurting them versus giving them money because of two things in particular. One is if you could buy a certain amount of food for a dollar, they could buy five times that amount because of buying in bulk and because of privileges given to food banks. And the other reason was they have to somehow get staffing to sort out all of the donations versus just cashing in a check. So do you find any validity to that I do. Theory? I do. That's absolutely correct. We rent our warehouse from a gentleman that deals in groceries, and we can buy them from him at cost with cash. You know, so we can buy totes of food at cost. Uh, that's huge. So I'm a pretty good shopper and couponer can find things on sale, but the stuff that he can get through his connections and going directly to the warehouse would blow away me on my best yes. Black Friday uh Yeah, limit sale. four cans, limit four. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we you don't have any of that when you have the freedom to just buy it for yourself. Something to think about, friends. And if you'd like to pay through PayPal, you can actually do it online at firstnationministries.org. That's firstnationministries.org. So, Deborah Klein, as the president of First Nation Ministries, what are the needs that are greatest for your outreach? Uh, our greatest need is prayer. Pray for this ministry. I feel that uh, the fields are white with harvest and the workers are few. And I've been praying, oh Lord, enlarge our territory. Help us to reach more in the time that we have left. Uh, so prayers, number one. Money is second of all. Um, we don't get high wages. There's only three of us on the payroll, and we we take pretty much minimum wage. But we have to have that. And we have to have money to pay uh, rent on the warehouse. And we have to have money for fuel and tires and, you know, things like that. So... It, it takes money to to run the operation, and so that's important. And then beds are important. A lot of these Native families, there's multi-generations. It's a multi-generational home, and the homes on the reservation are small. And so a lot of times uh, they will just stack up mattresses during the day, and at night they spread them out on the floor and everybody sleeps on a mattress. So if you have a good mattress or maybe a mattress and box spring, we'd love to have it. It's not necessary to have the frame. Uh, we, we will take the frame if you want to get rid of it. Some people will be able to use it, but the most important thing is the mattress and maybe the box springs. So maybe you've got a new mattress or a frame, friends, and you don't feel like having a garage sale and having people harass you, nor do you feel like putting it on a Craigslist because you never know what kind of crazies like myself are going to come after you, or worse, (laughs) 
flake out and set up an appointment and somehow not pick it up. So why don't you just make it easy and remember that your donation is tax deductible if you are able to give through First Nation Ministries. That's right. That is a good thing. Yeah, And then, you know, household goods, dishes, towels, bedding, blankets, um, silverware, clothing, boots, cars, trucks, motorcycles, all those things can be used to to give to families on the reservation. So these are interesting concepts, but when it comes down to it, if you don't know what to do, first and foremost, prayer is the top need for First Nation ministries. And then let the Lord direct your heart yes. and your finances and your stuff after that. So tell us about some of the areas where First Nation ministries is serving these Native Americans. Well, one that we're really excited about is the Flathead Reservation in Montana. Uh, there's a, a gal there named Cheryl, and her mother is a tribal elder, and she's a believer. And she just decided to try to supply the families with things that people don't think to give, and they're expensive to buy, things like toothpaste, uh, toothbrushes, shampoo, laundry detergent, diapers, uh, you know, things for older people that they would need. And so she opened up a little thing called Heart of the Helper there on that reservation. And Marv happened to kind of get in touch with her and found out what was going on. And so we said, well, you know what, we can bring you some furniture. And she said, well, I'm not sure that well, she said, well, we'll try one load. But she said, I'm not sure they're going to take that. And we took the load, and that furniture was gone before you could hardly catch your breath. And she was so surprised. And so we have really been trying to go there once a month uh, to supply that heart of the helper ministry. And and the funny thing is, they, they have people, natives, that are coming to know the Lord through that ministry. And so we're just kind of a link in that chain to help. And it's quadrupled in the last year, that ministry. They're helping four times as many families as they were a year ago. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah. So you may have some furniture that you don't have a use for. Somebody does. That's right. That's right. What a great witnessing opportunity. Yes. Have they been fairly receptive to First Nation ministries over the years, or have there ever been any periods where— you needed to win respect and trust. My dad, you know, the Bible talks about how you'll you'll have houses that you didn't build and wealth that you didn't earn and whatever. And I kind of feel like that because my dad did all that hard work. He went out there cold turkey with nothing but apples. And, and he was the one that knocked on doors and they were suspicious. And for the first, I don't know, five, six years, Nothing, no response. They took the food, they were polite, but there wasn't much of a response because there is so much distrust uh, of natives toward white people, and with good reason. Those wounds are still very fresh, and there is wounding going on yet today. There are treaties that are being broken yet today uh, along the Columbia River, uh, back in the Dakotas, so, and I'm sure other places. So they were distrustful. And finally, they began to ask my dad, you know, why, why are you doing this for us? Not charging us anything, just giving it to us. And so then 
he was able to tell them about the love of Jesus. But it wasn't overnight. No, no. Where Don Klein had that no. window of opportunity to share about the Lord. He was feeding first. Yes. With no strings attached. Yes. It's a hard field because there's a lot of bitterness over how they've been treated, and rightly so. Rightly so. They got a raw deal, mm. as did many cultures under our our hand. But things can change. Yes, they And people can. can change perceptions and yes. gain trust. Yes. But we want it now. We want it <laughs> overnight. We don't want mm. it to take effort and time, do we? Well, it's hard. But there again, see, we have to learn patience. It's not an option. It's a requirement to be patient. And we have to learn that. It's a discipline. It's like going to the gym. You have to exercise that patience muscle. So So tell us about Marv, who co-hosts the Voice of First Nation Ministries frequently on our stations. Where did your family encounter him in the first place? Well, when, when the ministry was still in my parents' basement, he came in one day, and my dad wasn't there, and he talked to my mother. And he said that he felt called to work with Indian people. And so my mom gave the message to my dad, and my dad was busy, and my mother helped my dad see a lot of things that otherwise he might not have seen. And so my dad didn't get get a hold of Marv, I think, for like three years, and Marv was just, (laughs) he was just patient and just kept feeling the call, and my mom kept nagging at my dad, and so finally... My dad was going to make a trip in the winter with a semi, and he needed somebody that could hang the iron or put the chains on if they needed it. And my dad, I think, was old enough at that time it would have been too much for him. And so my no mom really said— really likes putting chains no. on anyway, right? <laughs> no. And so my mom said, well, why don't you call that fellow from Dallas? And so my dad called, and that's how he and Marv got to know each other. And they, they have known each other for years and years and years. Uh, Marv's been involved in the ministry for a long, long time, and so. When you hear Marv's work on the air, on the voice of First Nation Ministries, you can just tell the the heart of the man Mm -hmm. and the caring that that exudes from him. He loves the Indian people, and you know, culturally, they are different enough from us, and the things that they feel are polite and the things that they feel are rude— are different than ours, and you have to kind of learn that. And Marv has the kind of personality that they love him. You know, he it's very easy for him to to get into conversation and, and build trust with Indian people. Well, that's rare for an outsider, mm-hmm. but with the love of Christ in your words mm-hmm. and in your actions, you can pull that off, as Marv has with Voice of First Nation Ministries. Yes. Yeah, I'm so thankful for him. And I'm so thankful for Jeff Phipps. You know, his dad, Les, was part of my dad's ministry, and his grandfather was my dad's mentor, and now he's in the ministry. And, uh, you know, the three of us kind of are are kind of doing it at this point. It's it's the three of us. and And there's just such a wonderful spirit. There's no... No backbiting, no hard feelings. I mean, it's truly a there's team. such unity between the three of us, and I thank God every day for that. Well, it's good to see that from you, Deborah Klein, the president of. 
First Nation Ministries, who is also the daughter of Don Klein and the host of the radio program, The Voice of First Nation Ministries. Find out more about Christians who care about First Americans and how you can help out by giving Deborah a call at 503-253-7123. That's 503-253-7123. You can also listen to the radio ministry, The Voice of First Nation Ministries, on True Talk 800 weeknights at 6 and on 93.9 KPDQ weekdays at 1 p.m., Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday evenings at 7. And the best part about your donations are they are tax deductible. You can even do so through PayPal if you go to their website, firstnationministries.org. That's firstnationministries.org. The needs are prayer, money, beds, and food. That's firstnationministries.org, firstnationministries.org. Thanks so much for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. I'm Mike Lee, and if the voice across the desk sounds familiar, it's because it belongs to Deborah Klein, who now serves as the president of First Nation Ministries, in addition to being one of the hosts of the Voice of First Nation Ministries, heard weeknights at 6 on True Talk 800, and also on our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ, weekdays at 1 p.m., Saturdays at 7.15 a.m., and Sundays at 7 p.m., And what's really neat is your donations, whether they're through prayer, money, beds, food, vehicles even, all of these donations are actually tax deductible because First Nation Ministries is registered at a church, basically. So you can do so by calling 503-253-7123. That's 503-253-7123. Find out more or donate through PayPal at their website, firstnationministries.org. That's firstnationministries.org. And Deborah, speaking about vehicles, do you have any good truck stories for our listeners? <laughs> I do. Um, when we started this ministry, my dad and I, uh, we needed a vehicle that we could depend on. And uh, my dad purchased a Wells Cargo trailer. Uh, to haul things, but we needed a truck. And so he took my, my son with him to go truck shopping. And he said, now this truck will be yours, but um, just let me use it to make trips for the ministry. So when Don Klein, your dad, was doing this, how old was his grandson being your son? Um, Any guesses? Early 20s, I guess. Young enough to get starry-eyed over a new truck. Young enough not to <laughs> realize that it may not work out exactly as he planned. And, of course, you know, my dad kept the truck all the time. My son hardly ever got to drive it. And so he he bought a used truck for himself. But it would come up every once in a while in conversation, and I could kind of hear that there was a little tinge of bitterness in my son's voice when he would tell that story. And that bothered me, and the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to give him that truck, it's his. And, well, no, Lord, I can't do that. I need it for the ministry. And and God was just quiet. You know, he, he had said what he said, and <laughs> I could argue and fuss all I wanted, you know. And I worried about silly things, like, you know, if we if somebody donates another truck, maybe it won't be dependable and maybe it won't match the Wells Cargo. Silly things. And, and I said, well, Lord, you know, the board, I'm going to have to take this to the board. And God was silent. So 
fine. So I took it to the board, and, and these men immediately said, absolutely, that truck belongs to your son. You need to give it to him. And so, kind of dragging my feet, I did give the truck to my son. And I talked about it on the radio, and it was hardly any time at all until I got a call from North Dakota. And a gentleman said, I was on my way to play golf. And he said, I normally don't listen to this station, but I happen to hear you on the radio. You need a truck? And I said, yes, I do. And he says, I've got one for you. Come and get it. And it was the same kind of truck, same color, same same everything, only actually a little more heavy duty, which is better for hauling the trailer. So, yeah. So sometimes, Deborah Klein, it's scary to be obedient when God gives us that sign, that that long-awaited answer. God, where do you want me to go? Give me direction. And then he answers. And we say, really? Yeah. And you don't like the answer? Not that one. (laughs) And the aggravating part is then when it's all over and you can look back, you can see how it was foolish to be worried about what God was telling you to do because he doeth all things well. And, you know, he owns it all. He owns all the highways. He owns all the trucks on the highway. So, you know, you can we can just trust him and just relax and be at peace. When these testimonies happen, Deborah Klein, I'm picturing God just kind of shaking his head yeah. up in heaven or rubbing his chin <laughs> yeah. with a smirk on it, saying, see, I told you. Yeah. I told you. And how many times am I going to have to tell you? Cause... Unfortunately, over and over and <laughs> yes. over again in, in some people's cases. Yes. So backtrack to being a pastor's kid of Don Klein. I want to ask you the big question. When did your faith become your own versus being the PK, the pastor's kid? Well, somebody, I heard somebody say, they asked me, when did you get saved? And I said, which time? And that's kind of me. I grew up in this legalistic church that, you know, one mistake and you were back to square one. And so I was always getting saved, so to speak, when I was growing up. And I finally got to the point I realized I can't do this. And I just threw it over, you know, to the side because it was impossible. And it was when I was in my 20s and just having a longing in my heart. And I started to read the scripture. And it was scripture that I could understand. Now, I know that people say, oh, it's a paraphrase. It's not accurate. But that living Bible is what got me into reading the scripture because I could understand it. And, you know, the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. I don't worry about what translation people read because the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. And that started me on a personal relationship with the Lord that has just kept going since then. But it had to come on your own. It wasn't going to come from your pastor, dad, Don Klein. Right. So were there any instances or light bulb moments or mentor figures in your life whose walk or testimony really stood out to you? Um, hmm, you've put me on the spot now. You know, I can't think of anybody. There were, there were things that happened. Uh, I grew up in a church that believed I think they were the only ones going to go to heaven. And I remember being a teenager and going to camp back in the Dakotas, and I met a young woman who was just the warmest, most wonderful 
gal that I had ever met. And, and she talked to me, even though I was like 13 and she was probably 20, 21. And come to find out she was, she believed in being filled with the spirit is speaking in tongues, you know, and that's something I was never even exposed to that. We didn't associate with, you know, people of, that believe differently than we do. But that, you know, that just kind of opened my eyes that wait a minute now. And, and God's done that, you know, down through the years with different people, just teaching me that I need to hold my own row. As my grandpa used to say, it's not my business. And I've kind of mentioned on the program that the older I get, the more I kind of struggle with denominations because you know what? We're all the family of God and we may not be on the same level spiritually or have the same knowledge yet, but that's okay. We're still family. We should love each other. The Bible says, this is how the world will know that you love, that you are mine is that you love one another. So let's speak truth to each other and in each other's lives, friends, but do it with love. And maybe that's something as simple as bringing apples to people who distrust you for a few years until they know your heart. Right. Like Don Klein did, the founder of the Voice of First Nation Ministry. So it's a pleasure to speak with Deborah Klein of FirstNationMinistries.org. FirstNationMinistries.org is the website where you can donate through PayPal and you can give her a call at 503-253-7123. Tax deductible at 503-253-7123. And thanks so much for joining us on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 